Hello, friends, and welcome to the most glorious of events, the Movie Mavericks Podcast. This outstanding program is hosted by two fine gentlemen, Jason and Trevor. Now make it so. MovieMavericks.com Hey now, everybody, welcome to episode 353 of the Movie Mavericks Podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson, sending you over Jason Rugard. He's got a rundown for us. Welcome back, welcome back. Good to talk to you, my man. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been been a little bit here. We had a retro of Stone Cold to hold you guys over, and we are back now. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely stoned cold, and uh, we are ready movie, to roll though, for it. So. It was a good movie. I'm glad we watched that one. It was, uh, it was a nice little, little tale to tell. Let's talk about the reviews, though, of today. Six Underground, The Irishman, Crawl. We're going to talk about The Laundromat. We're even going to talk about Dora and The Lost City of Gold. I'm going to let you guys try to figure out which one of us watched that until we talk about it. Because one of us has seen it, one of us hasn't. We're also going to discuss our favorite holiday movies, kind of our go-to. To I, I want to know I want to know which one of the, the listeners thinks which one of us would have watched that. Because we equally were interested or disinterested, I feel like, from that. But one of us took the plunge. And I love the title, Door in the Lost City of Gold, while we're on it. Mm-hmm. It sounds like those shitty canon films, those knockoffs like King Solomon yeah, Mine yeah. and Alan Quartermain. Uh, we've also got the trailers today for Tenet. Top Gun Maverick, which is the full-length trailer on that, Wonder Woman 84, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and we'll talk about the Harrison Ford film, The Call of the Wild. First, let's do some trivia. It wouldn't be a show if we didn't no. have trivia, right? I didn't know. Oh, yeah, we got trivia. We got trivia. Of course, let's talk first about the eternal debate. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Is it not? Let me get your short answer on that. No one cares. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, you know, I brought that up, and right? uh, Fuck. my girlfriend's kids call me a boomer, and I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, God. Can we yeah. not stop that already? Yeah. It's particularly when... BTW, we're not boomers. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> not even close, but... <laughs> you know, with all that access to the internet, you figure, think they could figure that out, but uh, it hasn't happened yet. Now, Christmas movies, action films, there's a few of them. Lethal Weapon is probably on that list of one of the better ones, right? It's because it's set at Christmas, and that what the whole Christmas argument is for Die Hard? It's set during Christmas, so that's why it is a Christmas movie. Yeah, I guess, right? I mean, that's really the only argument. It takes place on Christmas Eve going into Christmas Day, so I kind of see that. But yeah, but that's Weapon, the only argument, right? Lethal Weapon starts with Jingle Ball Rock, you know, so or Jingle Bell Rock, so, uh, excuse me. Yeah, but that doesn't really make something a Christmas movie. I, I don't... I, you know, you don't, have, you don't need an excuse to watch an action movie on Christmas. That's the way I, I really see it. Watch whatever the hell you want. Um, you know, make your own... Uh, uh, Stuff or I don't know who, who cares? Watch whatever the fuck you want to watch. It doesn't have to be Christmas movie. There's there's plenty of action Christmas movies. Um, they're not great, but they do exist. Um, I mean, they're actually more Christmas than uh, than either Lethal Weapon or uh, Die, Die Hard. Yeah. Well, there's a couple that are uh, outliers as well. Uh, a couple canon films. Once again, we're talking about mm-hmm. Cobra. It's set during Christmas with Stallone. And uh, Dead Bang with Don Johnson, which is a, mm-hmm. a really shitty action film. And they were trying to push him off of his Miami Vice uh, success, which didn't materialize. But what famous star nearly played Mel Gibson's role in Lethal Weapon? Do you know this one? I know uh, Die Hard had a lot of people that were up for that role. Pretty much everyone in town, just like First Blood when they made that. Everyone's name was run through the mill. But this mm-hmm. was slightly surprising because I could see this actor playing this role. Do you um, know who it is? I don't know. I'll give you a hint. He wasn't famous at the time. That's not that's not a hint. <laughs> he wasn't a movie star at the time. How about that? Oh, 
I, okay. <laughs> I still I don't know. <laughs> uh, Bruce Willis was uh, heavily I, I, circling. You know what? Role. I was going to say that, but then I thought there's, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, he was a television star making okay. his debut, but really Gibson wasn't all that famous at this time. No, he he was Mad Max. Either. Right. I mean, but those oh, were. But that wasn't much of anything. Yeah, you know, they weren't as um, you know well received as they are today. Yeah, it's like saying, you know, Schwarzenegger did Conan, so. so. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> that hardly really... makes him a movie star, yeah. I mean, I think Schwarzenegger really took off with the Terminator. You know, even the Terminator oh, obviously, yeah. cemented him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was curious to me because of the fact that if Willis had done this, he wouldn't have been able to do Die Hard, which uh, sets up his persona, his screen persona for the rest uh, of his career. Would it have made a difference, though? I mean, do you think he would have played... Uh, I, the characters aren't that different. Do you really think he would have played uh, uh, Riggs uh, that differently? From what he did in Die Hard, I mean, yeah, but it's still comedy to it, right? Because he's crazy. But Gibson has a certain intensity, and Willis has a certain smartassness. That that's true. So you, so it would be a little lighter, uh, even different, but it would still be there, right? I mean, that role is still uh, available. The action comedy uh, works, right? And that's really what Lethal Weapon is. Even even though it's serious, and Die Hard's serious too in some ways, but they're they're really kind of action comedies. Lethal Weapon has a much darker script. If you ever read the Shane Black sure, version but available them, online, I mean, watch as it goes on through the different uh, uh, sequels and stuff. Oh, it, yeah. it does get more lighthearted, and uh, and like I say, the first one's still fun. Even the the, the opening, the, all of it. He's a uh, he's crazy, right? He doesn't care about anything. <laughs> It's one of my favorite movies. So, I love that original The Weapon. I thought I loved part two just as much, but when we went back into the retro, even though I liked it more than you did reviewing it, it I did find it a little duller than I recall. Did we watch The Weapon too? Yeah, we On did. We have a retro. I thought we did that. Die yeah. Hard. Uh, we did a Die Hard marathon years ago on uh, yeah, New Year's Eve. We live, true. We Trevor did. and I live streamed. I think you guys don't know this is how long this podcast has been going on. We've been doing this for 10 years. A lot of people don't well, know We've that. seen all these movies. We've talked about these things so many times off air. It's hard to remember when we actually did something on air. <laughs> going into 2011, you and I live streamed, I think it was on Ustream, uh, a Die Hard marathon of one, two, and three even though we didn't include the fourth, which we both liked at that point, uh, the fans could watch with us while we were streaming and answering questions and throwing up trivia and all that kind of stuff. So that was really fun. Throwing up, exactly. Yeah, throwing up uh, nonsense. Especially during part two. That was the crazy thing about that, once again, was that I thought that part two was very strong. I really liked that movie when I was a kid, and it was the one that I liked least out of the original trilogy when we did that marathon. Curious. Rennie Harlan doesn't hold up. Uh, and Lethal Weapon also, you know, with this Bruce Willis connection, you have Loaded Weapon 1, the Maki, you know, the spoof of it. I, I think that movie's hysterical, yeah. I, I always think of Emilio Estevez doing the slow moonlight walk, uh-huh. you know, showing his butt off, you know, I gotta do the... Because in the 80s, it was always like the, the action star had to show off their ass for some reason. I, I don't understand why. Because they had the physique back then. And the women wanted it. The women called for it. Yeah, it really was like, I recall my mom taking me to see Hard but Target. But they had the physique, man. Oh, and yeah. She was, no she was upset that he didn't take off his shirt. We came out of it and said, well, had you like it? She goes, well, it wasn't I mean, my favorite. He didn't take off time his cop? shirt. Do you know how many women reference Time Cop? Only for, oh, yeah. you, you know the part, you know the splits. Oh, yeah. That's the yeah, only, the it's ridiculous. Yeah, there was but, a yeah, shrill sure. in the crowd when that happened. But in Loaded Weapon 1, Bruce Willis does have a small cameo in the, remember when they shoot up the trailer on the beach? 
from the, the uh-huh, right. helicopter, and he comes out waving the flag and is like, enough, enough. That's, I think that's kind of his nod to almost playing that role. Hmm. I can't think of any other reason he would have taken that little, little bit part. However, let's talk favorite holiday movies here for a second. Do you oh. have any go-to classics over um, the, even classics within your own circle or, or things that you tend I mean, to watch during this like, time of year? Uh, you know, Christmas Vacation. Right. Um, I feel like that, along with the Christmas story, else. are givens. That like that shit just is on all the time. I've I've watched both those this last week. That I mean, we, we do watch uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. That's a good um, one. But I've watched that for you know when I was a kid. I had the VHS, so that was something that we just watched all the time. Um, I can't really think of anything else. I mostly I've seen a, a, a buttload of Hallmark, uh, Netflix. Um, Oh, Christmas, Christmas movies? movies this year. Oh no! Yeah. Oh um, man, which are uh, unwatchable. I mean, really, because those things um, are shot in February with all this fake. You know, and nobody's in the Christmas. But they're really spirits, good. You know what those snow? are really, really good for is that you can walk, you can throw those on, and then you can still have your your family gathering. That's and like you saying can talk you can put it on it. and still scroll on your phone and, and know what's going on in the movie. No, it's exactly like that. Yeah, it's exactly like that. So they're good for that. So I think that that's why those are. Uh, is so, uh, I don't know, popular, I guess. And Because they really are. Yeah, and, and all numerous. Because they, they're just trash. You just watch one after the other. It doesn't matter. They're just background noise. You put them on, you can watch them, and whatever. I usually watch around this time of year. I mean, Home Alone is, is kind of a perennial favorite, Yeah, we watched Home Alone this year, too. Home Alone 2, we started watching the other night, and I forgot how good Home Alone 2 is. It yeah. actually isn't a the bad movie. Yeah, I mean, I kind of liked Home Alone 2. We're going to finish it soon. Uh, and I forgot that Donald Trump had a cameo in there as well. And You're going to finish it soon? You didn't, you didn't get through it? No, no, we were watching. <laughs> we started watching Christmas Vacation instead, yeah. and uh, which holds up pretty well, too. Christmas Vacation is good, good movie. Yeah. But other ones that, that are good. a little bit less known or, or less beloved, I should say, is The Grinch, the 2001 version starring Jim like Carrey. I don't Grinch. I never liked it, and it's just on all the time, every year, and it grows on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Surviving Christmas with Ben Affleck sure. and James Gandolfini. I love that movie. Makes me laugh every time. It's one of the biggest bombs, and nobody has seen it. Nobody likes it. I don't know why it makes me laugh the way it does. And the one that really gets to me, it's not Scrooged. It's not any of these heartwarming ones. It's The Family Man with Nicolas Cage. Is that? I guess that's kind of a Christmas movie. It's 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 a wonderful life yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's a body swap one. Um, mm-hmm. I really like that movie, and I think it's Brett Ratner's best film. I think he shows a, a total maturity in that, and there's an updatedness to it. Cage plays things perfectly in that movie. It's got a great supporting mm-hmm. cast, and I think it's the one that's overlooked the most uh, when we talk about Christmas films. I never hear anybody referencing that. Well, I do one. like Jingle All the Way. Jingle All um, the Way is fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's exactly what you would expect it to well, be. That's what these Christmas movies are. I don't really. Th- I mean, Family Man is really good, but um, you can watch that outside of Christmas, uh, and it's still good. You know, when I think of like a Christmas movie, it's kind of a movie that gets you in the mood for Christmas. Right? Yeah, like that's like Santa Claus the movie. Santa Claus the movie does that exactly perfect perfectly. Surviving Christmas as well. You could watch it outside of Christmas. I guess doesn't really matter, but. It, it, it kind of does. It's a little helpful if you watch it around Christmas time, though. Yeah, it, well, that movie was released in October, inexplicably, and it uh-huh. tanked. So, I mean, if they had released that maybe in the, the Christmas corridor, it would have done a little bit better. But Surviving Christmas was never going to pick up a big audience. But I do think it's funny, and it deserves a second life. It's as funny as Scrooged. I'm sorry. 
It is. I know everybody loves Scrooge well, every year. Friends technically takes place around Christmas, right? There you go. Yeah, there's another. That's which a good is a one. Great one. Great one. And that's a great segue to talk about Six Underground. <laughs> because <laughs> Ryan Reynolds reteams with his Deadpool writers. I mean, obviously, they're not the creators of the Deadpool property, but they wrote the films. And Michael Bay. It's his first time with Bay. And if, if I'll be damned if Bay isn't doing two things in this movie. One, he's trying to push he's Ryan Reynolds. showing up. He's trying to push Ryan Reynolds as a Tom Cruise type character in a Mission Impossible type franchise is what I found. Yeah. And two, he is showing these Fast and Furious guys that he could go make a Fast and Furious movie at any given moment and probably do it better than they're doing it. I mean, this thing borders, this film as a whole is a fucking mess. Let's just be honest here. It's a horrible movie. It's an movie. absolutely visually stunning fucking mess. Is it not? I mean, it, it's got images in here. I don't even know if it's visually stunning. I mean, they, they are uh, few and in between, I thought. Oh, there's no. so much. Uh, oh, yeah, man. There's so much nonsense in this. It's just uh, someone shooting something. It, it, I, I don't see the beauty in just, you know, a camera happens to be pointing at something, which is really what this movie is. You know, I didn't see a lot of Michael Bay in this. I don't even know if he showed up half the time. Uh, what I did see was a lot of Ryan Reynolds, uh, which just didn't work for me in this, especially. And, uh, I, I, this movie is so shitty. I can't even imagine <laughs> whoever wrote this. I, good God, you know, it's like the scene where they, where they're walking and they're all talking about the Ryan Reynolds character. Like, oh, I heard he's a billionaire. He's doing right. this. He's doing that. And you're mad. You're like, holy shit, is this bad? <laughs> What's the my, point of this my damn movie? with that would be, why are, why are they telling us how he became famous and rich and all this no, stuff? But his own shit. team doesn't know anything. The so I like, keep it from the, the audience. At least, it's a Michael that's, Bay movie. It, it needs to show, not tell. The, the, honestly, that's what Michael Bay movies do best. They're right. all right in your face. They're all showing. Uh, there's nothing showing in this movie. It's all tell uh, any story at all. And then there's nonsense action that's not even very good. It's some of the worst Michael Bay directed action I've, I've seen in a while. Uh, you know, the only uh, s- sequence I thought was any good would be the the end sequence on the boat, which was somewhat more interesting than what had happened before. But like, I swear, I watched Ryan Reynolds on uh, the tonight show, I think or something. And, and they were talking about all oh, this movie opens with an, maybe it was Conan, but this movie opens with an amazing car race and you should see it. Six hundred around. Oh, so crazy. And they showed the, a little clip from it, not too long. So you think, oh, okay, great. And when you watch the movie, you're like, this is one of the worst fucking car chases I've ever seen. These people have clearly never seen a fucking car chase movie that's actually good. It was entertaining in the moment. I didn't realize how long it was going on. And it's a good 20 minutes of that movie. It's not good, though. There's no, you have no sense. The bad guys in this movie come out constantly. Uh, It's like a video game. This movie is literally a shitty video game. Yeah, Bad guys just show up constantly. They never outrun them because just new ones show up. Where the fuck are these guys? Why aren't they in the race? Why aren't they already following him? What, the whole fucking country's after him, but they can only, okay, wait, 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 wait till these guys, oh, those guys are gone. Okay, we'll, we'll step in. It's fucking ridiculous, man. It's just, it's just too, you're asking me to spin my disbelief way beyond what's, you know, reasonable. Well, it's a Michael Bay film. I mean, come on. That, that goes no, without saying no, you sit down no, and come watch on. He's, he can entrance me into that, definitely. I've seen Michael Bay movies. I like Michael Bay. This movie is just shit all the way around. And Ryan Reynolds is terrible in it, too. I disagree. I think that, no, I, first of all, horrible. I'm going to say something that's very inflammatory then. I think this is more <laughs> entertaining than Deadpool 2. 
I, I do. And I even say that Reynolds' no shtick is getting very tired. I was getting very tired of it after the first Deadpool. I thought he was great in that. And then I think it's been overused. And now it's it, it overshadows anybody he plays, much like this character. But at least there are some moments that I actually laughed out loud. I thought he was well-timed in a couple of this. I, the writing mm. is shit. But what the, the people do with it, it was specifically him and the the guy playing the assassin, the hitman, the I can't think of his name right now, but he's the Latin actor. I thought they had some nice interplay between the two of them. There's some sequences that are, I think the set pieces as they go along get less interesting. After that car chase, some of the other action sequences seem um, kind of almost pedestrian, even though they're visually stunning once again. And how much CG was used in this thing? There is CG in places that doesn't need to have CG. I mean, it's so it's almost a spoof of itself as it goes along. It really is. It almost plays as as a fucking parody of itself when the dogs are in the way, you know, the dogs are running from the car tire or, or the bullet <laughs> shatters the guy's jaw and you're like, it, you know, what? how much boundary pushing are we doing on an R rating here? I don't know if it's not rated or, or what because it didn't play theatrically. However... It's rated R. Is it rated R? Okay. Yeah. It's just, to me, it's a minor film. It's it's great that they could throw this kind of money at a, at a movie of this caliber because this would never get made in a studio system it really wouldn't there's there's nothing behind this although it is franchise building they could get this team reassembled or other people and um that's obviously what their goal is here i believe to see if bay is just going to set it up like a pilot and then let people come and do episodes like mission impossible this is like starting off mission impossible mission impossible 4 you know it's just a horrible start where you Uh, don't i don't like any of these characters i just I, i don't like the movie I can't defend it intellectually, but in the moment, it worked for me. Let's talk about The Irishman, a three and a half hour Netflix film, another very expensive film from Netflix, and uh, a hell of a commitment when you sit down to watch it. I made it through three hours of this thing without having to take a leak, and then I had to come back and finish (laughs) it off. What... What were your thoughts here? I know you had a, a slightly different version. Well, you saw. I'll do, yeah, I'll go real quick here because you you know you watched the whole thing. Um, I'm at a point now. Uh, well, you want to talk about this, so I'll do this first. I'm at a point now where I'm not putting up with bullshit anymore. Yeah, you're at, you're at that age. Wouldn't be fucking over, or I'm done. I watched 20 minutes of this and I turned it off. The fucking first 20 minutes of this movie don't need to be in the movie. So you're gonna tell me I made a three and a half hour opus? And please sit here and watch this 20 minutes that are not important to anything. No, I'm done. I turned it off. What's up with movies nowadays? So why is everything so fucking slow? It's true. Totally. Why is everything so slow? Everything is slow. We have Game of Thrones. Every every goddamn show is Game of Thrones at this point. Like The Mandalorian. Have you watched that? Holy shit! Is that slow? Not bad, but fucking slow. It's ridiculous. Because well, no longer do you want to visit these worlds, people want to live in them. So we need to have oh. uh, shows that are world building and all this kind of stuff. But slow is not better. I, slow I, is I not more intelligent, saying. right? Slow is just slow. The first, the first twenty minutes of that movie is do definitely. They get yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, it does. It speak. It picks up. But I'm telling you this. I don't know if it's because it was shot on digital or because the clarity is so strong. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like it wasn't. A Martin Scorsese film, kind of like how you yeah, felt like this too. was Michael Bay not showing up. I didn't see them that roving camera that I'm used to. Me it's too. almost like a shark that's moving around. I didn't see the quick cutting. I, mean, I'll go, I didn't see the good use of soundtrack mm-hmm. or any of that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, me, me as well. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'll, I'll go a step above you. I didn't even see the direction and shit. I didn't think any of what, what I, the 20 minutes that I watched just did not matter. The framing, 
the the dialogue, the deliveries. Um, you know, the de-aging looks terrible in this. Um, there is some weird uncanny valley oh, moments. doesn't yeah. look good at all. Um, so, yeah, just all around, the first 20 minutes left me so sour. I didn't even want to finish it. I just didn't even care. Like, what could this story possibly even be? Um, what could matter in this? What could happen that, that would make me think, oh, this is a good movie? I thought let, nothing. Let me say this. It's irredeemable. This. <laughs> it could use a half an hour trim. And that first 20 minutes is a lot of it with them driving with the broads and the whole, you know, getting the route and talking into everything. The, uh, I mean, home. God damn. I meet this guy with this fucking fixes his truck. Well, who gives a shit? Well, it clearly did not uh, pull your chain because <laughs> the best performance in the film was by Al Pacino, who really does a good job. I know. I didn't get to that. So he's fucking good in this. And Stephen Gagan, I believe is his name, plays a, a mob boss who he mm-hmm. has a couple encounters with. And he is really good, too. And th- both those scenes are excellent. And actually, Pesci, as the movie mm-hmm. goes along, in an understated way, becomes really good. The person who's curiously ineffectual in the movie is Robert De Niro. I thought he was very bland in this role, particularly mm-hmm. for a guy who's supposed to be this big, hulking you know, presence. I just didn't feel it was there. And also, on a technical note, you're talking about the CGI. I mean, I like the film. I don't want to say I-, I thought it was a good film, but it was not a great film. I'd give it a three out of sure. four star. But... The, the parts of the CGI that took me out weren't necessarily the de-aging. It was the old man walk of the characters. It would be like if you watched Harrison Ford yeah. walking with the face of a young Harrison Ford. I, mean, I agree. They moved, like they, they moved like they were still at, the, at their current age. There's a certain gait they have. And it's like yeah. they walk and like they're, they're bad. It's just they don't – they look stiff. There's a scene where De Niro beats the shit out of the guy at the, the deli. Did you see that scene? No. For his daughter, and he looks like an old man trying to kick somebody on the ground. I can't explain it, but no. it looks. And I know they had a movement coach and all this shit, but they mm-hmm. needed a yoga coach because these guys are very <laughs> stiff. Yeah, I didn't get to anything good in this movie. Um, and really, I, you know, I'm just not going to. I'm not going to bother with it. I don't think it's important. I don't think in ten years from now, I don't think people will be talking, sitting around a round table talking about how the Irishman inspired them. I just don't. I Who think cares? it's kind of a. a, a a present for these nominations, the Golden Globes, is for a good film like this. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I think Joker is way more powerful of a film overall and a piece oh, of cinema. Oh, I haven't making. seen that yet, but I'm sure. It's, it's, I, I mean, I, it's, I rank it very, very high on what I, Which on is interesting because that's a comic book movie and this is a Martin Scorsese movie. And I know the background, and you know that Scorsese was interested in doing the Joker at one point and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah. I, I just feel like this is. Uh, a kind of the, all this recognitions it's getting is almost like a accumulation award. Like the, you, you brought the band back together. This right. is the Avengers <laughs> of Italian actors and 1970s filmmakers. So, but, but too, I don't know. Too I did, little, too late, right? And we'll talk about Ghostbusters in a while. But how would you feel if the original Ghostbusters came back and made a movie again? It's like, huh? Yeah, things have passed. I mean, come on. You know? Yeah, we just we just had the Terminator with that, and you know, to yeah, not very many times, results. many times over. I think we're good on yeah, that shit. too. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about Crawl. Tell me about Crawl here. I wanted to see that this summer. It was a kind of a mid- uh, modest level hit for what it was. And this is the film about the Katrina victim, Katrina type situation, and they're yeah. trapped with alligators. There's a alligators. hurricane. There's alligators. Uh, this was Quentin Tarantino's famous uh, favorite movie for a while until The Irishman took that over, which I, you know, I can't listen to Tarantino anymore. I guess. Um, I I wanted to go to theaters to see this. It looked really good. I heard it was really good. I love Alexandra uh, Aja, the, the director of this, right or whatever. I How do you say his name? All that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, I think he's really good. Uh, this movie sucks. 
Oh no! I for real like they get they stuck in a crawl space underneath the house. There's a couple of alligators. They go around. I, this thing's like a sci-fi movie. It's like uh, you know, seriously, the asylum could have made this movie given the budget. Uh, they could have made this. It's just alligators, and they just go. And they're like, oh no, what will we do? Alligators will get us. Okay, let's go. Let's crawl over here. Okay. Oh, the alligator barely narrow escape. Okay. Get over here. Uh, alligators are all around. They're eating people off boats. There's alligators, and it's flooding. Oh, no. What will we do? One hour later. It's still flooding. There's alligators. What will we do? Run over here. There's alligator here. Uh, uh, uh. You know? So it was it's like... Not your cup of tea. Look, well, who the hell's going to say this is a good movie? Look at this and compare this to Jaws. It's like night and day, you know? Jaws is a masterpiece, you know? And Jaws is a piece of shit, let's be honest. It's a fucking stupid shark running around killing people. It's brilliant. It's cinematic masterpiece. This is no masterpiece. There's no cinema here. It's just stupid fucking alligator thing running, running around. Like I say, sci-fi movie. This is a bottom-of-the-barrel uh, creature feature. Uh, there's just nothing here. I, I don't even I, I don't understand why Tarantino liked this so much. And uh, I guess I'd have to look into that and actually read about why he liked it. Probably because um, he likes Australian movie cinema. That's what it looks like. It does. It's not even that, man. It's not even that. It's less than uh, I, I saw the trailer for this. It made me want to see it. it. There's nothing else to it. There's just there's just nothing here. There's no emotion. There's You're, no fun. You are there's no fun. You are never scared. I mean, literally, this is not a frightening movie at all, ever. Um, and it's just stupid. Like out there, a while I, I watch this with my family, and people, you know, were on their phones and shit, including me. After a while, because you just you know what's gonna happen. You don't have to watch it. Uh, it's so. Uh, <laughs> I was it's hoping just such that a it letdown. had it's such a letdown. I, I was hoping at least it had like the fun of like Piranha 3D. You remember that? The kind of like uh, it knew it was shit, but it was gonna have it some fun. It doesn't because yeah. it's two people. It's a dad and a daughter uh, caught in a crawl space. Um, there's some other characters that come into it, rarely here and there. They of course get killed. Um, and, you know, and there's a fucking dog. That's it. It's a yeah. whole movie. So, like I say, it's you, you super low budget. Super, super, like, just, if that's your idea, go make that movie. Well, it doesn't take Alexandre Aja or whatever his name is to do this. It well, just they did takes bait. no one. Do you recall that? The one that had the shark in the supermarket that was flooded? It was like a B-movie came out a couple right. years ago. It wasn't bad. That one that? wasn't that. That one, yeah. That one was kind of fun and wasn't bad, right? This doesn't yeah. even match that. Oh, that's, I'm out. I'm glad that you took the bullet on this one, then, and uh, saw this, because... Well, I just like I, uh, to know people liked it. I just like to know uh, if someone liked it. Tell me why you liked it, because I didn't see it or I didn't get it. You know. Well, I know you didn't like our next movie, and uh, that's Aladdin. And I gotta tell <laughs> you, I went into this very cynical. Maybe it was because I had lowered expectations. Maybe it's because uh, uh-huh. I'm not like a, a huge fan of the original. Uh-huh. But I liked this movie. I thought it was fun. I thought it went pretty... I mean, the first 10 minutes when they start singing song after song, I thought this is going to be a long ride. But once Will Smith showed up, he really added some exuberance to the movie and some energy mm-hmm. that they parlayed fairly late into it. I mean, it gets the third act a little... Yeah, it's predestined, obviously, because of the, the, the cartoon. Sure. But it gets a little a little long there at the end. But I did think that overall, this is on the higher end of the Disney remakes that I've seen. 
<laughs> what would you? No, I, you don't think that I, I mean, the Bollywood it, type fun a, vibe oh, to it? Geez. Oh, I'm not a fan of Bollywood stuff. I think it's boring, and I thought this was boring, and I didn't think the singing was very good, um, either. Uh, the the girl who plays Jasmine is good. She can sing. Um, I didn't. Will Smith can't sing. Um, no, the he Aladdin doesn't really guy, try. He's, he's rapping. He's no, kind of he he does too rapping. try. He's terrible. Uh, the the Aladdin character guy I didn't like uh, singing very much. You know, this had the same issue that I had with uh, when they made the Beauty and the Beast one. And it's just that the world they create in in the live action world feels too small, and it doesn't translate from from the the animated to the the live action. It feels small, and it feels like I'm just watching someone kind of sing this music, and not very good either. Um. And I don't know. I really thought this was kind of boring as a live action thing. I don't think of these animated movies translate that well. I think they're boring in live action. I thought the first few minutes of this uh, slightly resembled a high school production. Yeah, really I don't nice like high school production either. of it. But I know you, you you really don't like his direction on stuff lately. Although I think that gentleman, uh, the gentleman movie coming out, might be a a nice return. I don't know. I mean, prove me wrong, but I, you know, I don't, I, I really don't like his direction at all. I, I feel, and I don't know why it just rubs me wrong. He makes all the, every choice of any camera position he puts things in, uh, bothers me. I don't, I felt and like there was some movie why, magic going on here. But, it mm-hmm. kind of got, it, it was infectious. I, I liked it. I didn't see it. Uh, I guess a lot of people liked it. Enough people watched it, but, uh, but I don't know. I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine this replacing the uh, the other one, which is what what it's doing, you know. I guess in some regard, uh, a lot of kids are going to watch this and think uh, this is it. This is their Aladdin, right? And that's fine, but <laughs> I just can't help but think, where do we go from from here? You know, things are getting progressively uh, worse, and by that I mean this is way more of a cookie cutter movie than the original Aladdin was. Um, as a matter of fact, all of these. Disney remakes uh, from from animated to live action fit far more into this cookie cutter corporate Disney than the than the older ones did. The older yeah. ones took risks, and they have soft uh, you may think on them. you may think that they didn't that they're they're all cookie cutters, but look at the shit that's around them at that time, and they're different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not Don Booth, which took even more risk, but. Oh yeah, uh, I'm putting a mouse on a boat and getting sure. lost with his family. Took, took way took way more risk than than Disney did, but Disney was never in. You know, Disney's far more risk averse. But oh, now you travel 20 years into the future, and they're super risk averse. And this stuff is just it comes off that way to me. It just comes off as you know pandering to fans and just uh, you know we're we're not gonna make we're not gonna take a a misstep here. We're gonna make sure that we do everything exactly here. It's just so boring. I don't know. So boring. Let's talk briefly about Stuber here. I want your thoughts on this. This is the summer comedy, action comedy, the summer that was not. This was I can't a big win. failure. I feel bad about this. At least we're saving the movies that, that I liked to the end. <laughs> good, good. I want to hear like about your thoughts asshole. on this. But clearly you didn't like it. I didn't care for this movie at all. I was going to watch it again to see that uh, maybe I missed something. But I found this to be just full of dead space. I uh, Yeah. It's, when this movie, I, I like the first half of this movie, actually. Uh I'll, well, I'll say the first act. Uh, I thought it was it was kind of humorous. I kind of started getting into like, oh, these guys are then kind of like, but like I kind of saw where things were going, and and it was like, okay, great. Um, but then uh, Dave Bautista and uh, Camille Nanjana here have zero chemistry. 
Zero. I mean, zero, man. And Dave Batista in particular. And I like this guy. He is horrible in this movie. He looks bored in this. He, he is doesn't even so want to be bad. There. Yeah, it's it's I, he's really terrible. He has no no none of the charisma that I normally see out of him is in this movie. He just seems so downtrodden. He just a, a little bit, you know, pissed a little bit. Feels like I, I don't know. It's just. It's a movie's just not that good, you know? He's He can play straight man and be funny like he's done in The Guardians. Sure. And he was even good in that, that House of the Rising Sun, that uh, B movie he was in. This is, he just seems really disinterested. To, and I don't know if they didn't get along personally, if he didn't find the humor, then why did the fucking movie? I don't know. Because, I, yeah. I just think it didn't come off. I, you know, I, I think his heart was in it. I think Kamel's heart was in it. And they were, they were just, it just didn't work. You know, it was just one of those movies that just didn't work. Yeah, that's a pretty because these these guys are it should be on the fucking poster this is just a movie it doesn't work (laughs) the guy's professional shit and so is everyone else that worked on this movie it just didn't work you know it comes off that they'd rather be somewhere else that there's you know and for a comedy duo that has to work i mean you look at what kevin hart and the rock is doing it's miles from that sure yeah and it just doesn't really pay off i mean you can see uh the movie reminded me a lot of baywatch you yeah, know, when you when you watch yeah, the, the the Baywatch movie and you think, well, the, I know this movie, I know exactly where this is going. There's nothing here. These people aren't very charismatic. I'm not really enjoying this. Uh, and so by the time you get to the end and everything works out exactly as you saw it fucking working You're out, just waiting for it's it. like, oh, it's just it, it doesn't feel very good. You know, <laughs> it's like not satisfying in any way. Well, the movie is feels like it was checking boxes all along. Yes, so when it finally exactly. got to the end, I said, "All right, great." But now we're dictated here because of the the script and what we had set up. And this is otherwise, I like the movie. I like the idea of the movie. I, I like the name Stuber. I get you know Stu Uber. I get it. Um, I didn't mind the characters and stuff. I just I think ultimately this was miscast. I don't even think it would have worked on the page, but something sold these guys to buy the script. Probably but not, I thought the but... one funny joke mm-hmm. was him taking his boss home. Yes. You know, yeah. like I thought that, I thought, all right, we're starting off on a pretty, mm-hmm. it's going to have some things to say about the way we use, so, you know, our phones and, and how ride sharing and all this shit. It, it totally abandons that and goes into this perfunctory fucking action thing that <laughs> isn't really a good action yeah. movie or a comedy. So you're just stuck in this mid ground. And it's got some shock value in there with some male nudity. It's just—it's a weird mismatch of shit. And none of the characters are particularly likable outside of Stu. And even he is kind of a, he's a not, weakling. Because he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's a very weak uh, and yeah, he's just not likable either. I know. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's, it's like weird. I said, I think with a different cast, uh, it could have worked. And I don't particularly hate, dislike the movie in general. It's just that you're not, it's not a very welcoming movie. You don't feel like you really want to be there. And they don't either. Well, exactly. That's why I think it kind of permeates off the screen and into the audience. If anything, this should have been a Netflix film. If uh, all the movies we're talking about, this should have been on the streaming Oh, sure. But, but, but imagine that. Take a, you know, imagine taking Sandler and then like Spade or something and put them in this movie. Make a oh, Netflix God. movie. It'd be fine, right? It wouldn't be great. Yeah. Would not be a great movie. But it would be a fine movie. You'd be it fine would be with better. it. Uh, yeah, you just, you just yeah. cast it beautifully, uh, to tell you the truth. Way better. And I don't know who thought that these two individually are strong box office attractions and then put them together like it's like gold or something. You know, you haven't hit on pay dirt here. And these guys are not no. really proven. No, but you know who is gold? Goldberg. I like Perfect. Bill Goldberg. You watch Schooled? You watch I the, love the Bill Goldberg. First of all, oh, fuck. God damn, you know, the perfect Christmas movie, Santa's Sleigh. 
There you go. Starring Bill Goldberg. And I'll tell you what, that is a fun-ass horror Christmas movie. It is. Yeah, he's right. And it's probably available free on your your (laughs) on-demand thing. Santa's Sleigh. And it's about a murderous Santa Claus. Not like Silent Night, Deadly Night, but more no, no, in like no. this fun. It's way more fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it knows it, it's a knows stupid it's ridiculous. movie. Yeah. It, it's almost okay for kids to watch in certain edits. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, actually. I would have taken Goldberg over this. I mean, I would have taken John Cena over this, although I think that he looks like he's ill lately. I don't know. Oh. Does, does John Cena have cancer? What's going on? Oh, I hope not. I know not. he's off the juice, but good night. Don't say that. He just Knock on wood. He looks sad. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? All right, let's talk about Us, the horror film, the Jordan Pell's, Jordan Pell, Jordan Peele's uh, follow-up film from Get Out, which Get Out, I just adore. I think it's just a masterpiece all uh-huh. around. I know you didn't feel as strongly about it as I did, but well, I, I mean, I thought it mm-hmm. definitely deserved a Best Picture nomination, which it got. Us just feels um, less than. Doesn't it's it feel funny. like a less than production? Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't like Get Out, but I, I can't admire the writing and the work that he put into that and the underlying themes and everything that he worked into it, whether I like the, the actual movie and what happens in the movie and all that kind of stuff, uh, it's brilliantly written, you know, us is like, he's trying too hard. It, it, it reminds me a lot of M night Shyamalan stuff, you know, where he comes out strong. Um, and then he, he just has to try to, he has to try so desperately to replicate that. And it just it just didn't work, and it eventually fell flat for him. Um, this is coming pretty close to falling flat uh, for me. I don't even really understand the point of this movie, other than uh, Jordan Peele apparently hates people. Um, I don't get it. I just don't get this movie. The twist at the, at the end is horrible, um, and the whole you know the Bible verse stuff is uh, is basically God doesn't like people. You know, fuck you. Who cares? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to save you, right? It's just like the whole movie. Like, I don't even get it. And what does the twist then mean at the end with, with the Bible verse? It doesn't make sense even. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Did it, it, did you like this little? I didn't. I found it creepy at times, but never scary. Yeah, I, there's moments in it that I felt that were effective visually and mm-hmm. building suspense. He, he he's got filmmaking chops. The problem is. His no one's going to tell him now because of his last success. mm -hmm. No one's going to edit him, and I think this needed a rewrite. To be honest with you, I think that there are good ideas in here somewhere, but but nowhere near of what he thought he maybe had. Sure, if he had just done a movie about a family under siege, okay, fine, and that probably would have worked and done well. But he tried to work in, you know, existentialist themes and just weird shit that you're just like it doesn't make sense i don't you know i I don't fully understand what he's trying to say here Mm -hmm. um other than we as human beings are horrible and deserve to be punished but then how does that work in with the twist and who who are these these other sides of us that exist in the underground and then how how was the person who's a person who lived in the underground you know, I'm spoilers, I guess, uh, if you can unpack this, uh, how was she able to become, or why was she so like, like all the other underground people, even though she's a real person versus the one that switched out who became a real person who, and the other ones can't talk. I don't get it. How can those, you're, yeah, you're how can looking those two cross, more. how can they cross over live in the other's worlds and, and not. Uh, and I guess adapts so well in some way. These like are questions how is that I she, think only Jordan Peele can answer. 
the, the movie doesn't give you enough information to to actually oh, it sort out yeah. what what the point is. Like you said, it gives you a twist ending, but none of the information leading up to that it tells you actually is helpful in dis, in figuring out what he was trying to say yeah. with this. It tells you there's a point. Um, it gives you, uh, uh, in some cases, it tells you exactly what the point is, but it doesn't tell you how the hell it applies to the movie. I don't get it. I, I, I thought that uh, the production design was nice. Uh, the, the filmmaking pro- aspects of it technically were, were nicely done. I do think that the mom tethered was actually the least interesting. I thought the kids were very creepy, especially with the mask and the fire and, and whatnot. I thought I liked what they were doing there. Sure. I wish they would have leaned into that a little bit more and away from the the talking like this, which is like almost like when you're trying to talk scary to somebody. Like, like you know when you try to talk scary, you put on like that Dracula voice, like, uh, come to me or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like weird. Sure. It's like inflictions that people think are like well, either sounded, sexy or scary. To me, it sounded it's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like someone uh, talking backwards but played forwards, which I think may have been kind of the point of it. it to me, it took me right out of the fucking movie. And and the sequence that really but why would she I talk like was that? The, I thought she the, was a normal the sequence person. with the neighbors was nice at the neighbor's house when their family is yeah, doing, you know, like gets that. infected, if you will. But that's what I'm saying the, about... The movie needed more moments like that. Yes, that's what I'm saying about if it was just a family under siege, it would have worked, right? Because that worked mm-hmm. wholly for me, that whole sequence. I thought that was a lot of fun even, too, when they had to fight uh, uh, the, the neighbor's kids the and twins. stuff. They kept yeah. coming back and this and that. And, and even by the time they left that house, they still had the kind of the comedy and the fun going with it. Uh, I thought that was the comedy element from the beginning did not work with the boat. And all that kind of no. stuff. I thought, like, what, what, what are we doing here? Like, this is not. It didn't feel organic at all. It felt shoehorned in. Like somebody said, we need a, a beat here, so give us one. And it's. Uh, but the movie is ultimately how I felt. I mean, you brought up M Night Shyamalan in there. I can never say that guy's name. How do you, is it Shyamalan? How the fuck do you say that guy's Shyamalan? name? I don't know. There you go. That guy, M Night. <laughs> we're gonna call him from now on, moving forward in the podcast. After ten years, I still can't say his fucking name. Uh, Unbreakable is what I thought about when I was watching this, and you brought up that kid in the yeah, connection that between or the two the directors. Village. You know, I, I just thought like, oh, well, here's something that the marketing built up with a great trailer. Mm-hmm. You got everybody excited for based on your past hits and you just you delivered uh, a good single as opposed to the home run we were expecting. And I think this really would have worked mm-hmm. as part of his Twilight Zone series in a 30 minute format. I think that because you wouldn't have had to explain so much. Sure. Try some it would, and it wouldn't have mattered. To over explain and then go back on yourself. Yeah, because it's not so long as that you get so involved in it to where you think, what's the point? It's just a one-off little, here, here's this kind of idea. You know, there you go. <laughs> Think about this. All right, let's talk about Dora and the Lost City of Gold. I told you at the top of the hour to figure out which one of us had seen this, me or Trevor. Who has seen this movie? You have seen I, this movie. I did. <laughs> and I, I take from what I you said this. that... Um, and the, the way you're saying it so I sheepishly, I feel like you kind of liked I don't it. Know. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I didn't, you did. So I talked about bad about these other movies that for adults. Uh, Door in the City of the Lost City of Gold uh, was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> this is so great, man. Um, oh fuck! Uh, this should be a meme. You know, you know the thing though is that this uh, there's a lot of adult jokes in this, and it reminds me of uh, well, I didn't, I guess I didn't expect this movie to be what it was. Anything? I thought it was going to be a, a dog shit kids movie, and uh, it's quite honestly, I haven't seen the uh, Pikachu Detect Pikachu yet. I have it here. I'm going to watch it. It's terrible. 
you say it's terrible. Uh, terrible. I believe you. Because, um, you know, whatever. But this movie reminds me of what that trailer promised. You know? I hear it's a lot like 80s it's comedies. A, it it is. Fair. It's I, ridiculous, but it looks... I know I know enough about the cartoon. I've never actually really seen the fucking cartoon, but I've heard... Uh, people have talked about it. There's been plenty of jokes about it. Um, Kevin Smith talks about it all the time because he had a kid, you know, who watched right. it. Um, so I know enough about the cartoon to get all the jokes in this. And there are moments like where... <laughs> there's a, At the beginning of the movie, she's like... She looks into the camera and is like... What do you think? Like, this is not like doing like the cartoon, like what the cartoon would do with the kids watching. And her parents look to like where she's looking like, what the fuck is wrong with this girl? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? And that, that kind of shits throughout the entire movie. Like everyone, you know, what this movie reminds me of the most is Elf. She is literally, she's, you know, walking, my favorite color is blue. What's yours? You know, I, she's just so fucking positive and so ridiculously, uh, like cheerful uh, insane yeah she's just a crazy person walking around in the real world everyone else is like what the fuck is going on with you? well that's a nice approach you to know? the material then. and so it's kind of fun but it is a kids movie ultimately um but still i thought it was it was way more fun than i expected and i heard michael Payne is actually very good in the film yeah the he's he's fine in it i you know everyone gives a fine enough performance there's there's nothing bad to say about it uh, it's just clearly a family film, so if you're not really into like family movies, then I guess it wouldn't work for you. But well, for a live action adaptation or adaptation, I should say, uh, you know, you, you should on Dora. Aladdin, but yeah. you're telling me that Dora is the one to watch. Yeah, but look at the Aladdin animated movie, and then look at the Dora stuff. I, I've never seen any think? Dora. Well, neither have I. Uh, but you know what I mean, like the idea of of a, a, a television show aimed at like three and four year olds. How are you going to adapt that to uh, a PG movie and have it be any good? You, you know, but it works. It works. Stands alone. Well, they, really. took a, they took a good approach then to the material because I mean that. Well, that I don't be know if this isn't for uh, for the adults who watched Dora growing up. Maybe more so. I, mean, I don't they, know. Are they adults I don't know already? how long. Yeah, I kind of feel like hasn't Dora been around for a while? You're, you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like that, but it could be Carmen San Diego. I don't know who the hell these people are. Oh, yeah, I remember Carmen San Diego. Uh, the main actress, though, she mm. was in uh, Instant Family and she's in the really last good. Transformers I like movie. her. She is a good little actress. She's really, yeah. really good. Yeah, um, and she's good in this as well. And you wouldn't. Uh, uh, she's obviously not acting anything like those previous roles. So uh, I can only think that she's gonna go places because she's really good. Yeah. I, I imagine she's got some uh, some longevity here because studios are backing her. I think Paramount especially has taken an interest in her. She's yeah. I think done three films. But she's great now. in this. She's uh you know super cute, but then plays it into the. It's it's very much like Buddy the Elf. You know, I just can't explain. It. She's like playing the the Will Ferrell, you know, version of a little girl. I yeah, you're damn. I you damn near you sold know. me on watching this fucking movie. Now I got to sell my girlfriend on watching it. Thanks. Um, how about let's, isn't it romantic, which I actually did watch, um, mm-hmm. with my, my better there. And I was, I was shocked to, to hear that I liked it what? more than she what? did. <laughs> yeah. I liked, isn't That's it romantic? Right. You I liked, thought this isn't was it a, romantic. So there to you. I, I did. Ha-ha. I thought that this was a clever little I liked uh, film. Dora, that, and you liked, isn't it romantic? You didn't like, isn't it romantic? Yeah. God damn. I liked it too. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew you would. Fuck. That's two on taste. me and one on you. 
still winning. This was surprising. <laughs> First of all, Adam Devine was was good in this. I don't really like Rebel Wilson. I, she gets on my fucking nerves. I, I haven't love seen Rebel the Pitch Perfect Wilson. movies, uh, but apparently she's I great in those. I haven't seen the Pitch Perfect stuff either, but I like her a lot. She was nicely dialed, modulated in this movie. They got her mm-hmm. right in that that zone where she wasn't obnoxious. She wasn't overbearing. She, she, some of her comedy seems really forced to me. You know, sure. almost like when you're in a watch sure. a bad Melissa McCarthy movie. Yeah. Or uh, Tiffany Haddish does it too. Um, but this, she was really dialed in on this movie. I thought the writing was better than what it could have been. They had right? a lot of fun. Uh, it had a lot of callbacks to Pretty Woman and a lot. I mean, romantic comedies. It, it really took that genre, I thought, and figured out all the tropes, acknowledged them, played with them, and then delivered on them. Yeah. You know, it was, it was strange. I thought it was really cleverly done. I feel like I understand romantic comedies now better than ever before better. after watching yeah. this movie. And it's weird because it this movie it dissects romantic comedy. Not only does it do that, it dissects the attraction to the romantic comedy, the people who watch romantic comedies and why they watch them. And I yeah. note, and th- th- it's just weird to watch this movie uh, which is not a real romantic comedy and realize that everything in it is purposefully done and then realize that that's also purposefully done in a romantic comedy the music that they play in this it's weird man listen to the just listen to the music that's played and it's chosen the track list chosen for this movie romantic comedies are about wanting right this music is sad as fuck it's not happy romantic music it's super sad music but it's played I didn't realize that in a, like in a ro- in, in, in a upbeat kind of a way and whatnot but most of the music in romantic comedies it's not really happy it's really sad people it's about people wanting something more right and, yeah, and missing out on that, that yeah almost all of it is and it's weird to watch this and to see someone stuck in that who's not really wanting it but is noticing that everybody else is kind of wanting it and just thinking like, fuck. Well, I like that they showed she would have lost some of these relationships. Like her best yes. friend turns into the bitch at work and mm-hmm. her adversary because that's what a script would have required for that. You know, you need to have a villain and a protagonist and stuff. And so I, I like that she mm-hmm. she wouldn't, didn't want to lose these things and realized that her life was was not, you know, it was, she was seeing it through a filter of romantic comedy. The movie this really reminded me yeah. of, because it skewered a certain genre, is Last Action Hero, which we did a yeah, retro it's on a, not that not long ago. unsimilar to that, is it not? Yeah. And it just for that was like take, dissecting the action genre, but yet giving you an action movie at the same time. This was kind of dissecting romantic comedies and giving you a romantic comedy at the same time. You know, I thought those were interesting parallels. I did like the we just done a retro. I mean, you like the twist ending on this. I did. I did a lot. Yeah. Quite a bit. I thought that was really good. We won't give it the, away, but yeah. No, the scene at the wedding I thought different. was very clever and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was that probably the film's high point in a lot of ways. Okay, tell me about The Laundromat. I haven't seen this yet. This is the Netflix film uh, with Meryl <sighs> Streep. It's kind of like the big short, right? Of, uh, it wishes of it was big the short. big short. No? No, this is just, uh, you know, Soderbergh and... Uh, and you know street getting together here and uh she gets to uh <laughs> uh i don't know how else to say it they just get to push the liberal agenda yeah i've heard uh, whether that you she agree has with about, that or not it's just she pontificates it's super like at the end to the super, camera of her yeah the ending and the ending is really I mean, my dad, when we were watching this movie, after it was over, my dad turned and was like, that ending is the entire reason that she did this movie and the whole reason to exist. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it is. Oh, for sure. It is 100%. Yeah, she has like this a soliloquy at the end. such a boring movie. It, it's about, uh, she. Uh, the, first of all, this movie opens super strong, 
right? Meryl Streep and James Cromwell are uh, a married couple. They go on this uh, cruise, I guess some Niagara Falls type cruise thing or something. And uh, there's a, a huge wave that comes in uh, unexpectedly, obviously, and turns the boat upside down. And, sh- and, and there's a moment where she's underwater and, and it's just mayhem, right? Everyone's like, holy shit. Like they're trying to survive, trying to get out and shit. She's underwater and just kind of the silence sets in and she looks and then her husband's just dead, just sinking like towards the bottom and everything. It's strong as shit. I was like, holy shit, this is going to be a great movie. Um, and then it goes into like Gary Oldman, and Antonio Banderas are like these guys at, uh, the, whatever the play, this is the, uh, uh, what is this about? Now I can't even fucking remember. Uh, whatever, they're like banker guys, and uh, <laughs> it doesn't really matter because it's not even that big of a deal. But it's about fraud and whatnot from uh, big lawyer guys and banks and shit. Whatever, but it just doesn't. It doesn't trickle down to the Meryl Streep character or really to any of the other characters in a way that is substantial. That that, that feels like anyone got screwed. You know. Like she's basically like uh, uh, her husband's dead, uh, which is fucking tragic, right? But the thing that bothers her most is that she did not get the payout from the insurance company because mm. there was fraud that she deserved. That's what bothers her most. And so then that trickles down to she's going to buy this Vegas apartment that overlooks this corner where her husband first surprised her with some tickets or something. So every time she looks out the window, it reminds her of her husband. She wants to live there. Some very rich people who profited off of this, these, this lawyer group, the panel papers, I believe is what this was. Um, and, uh, but ultimately they, they profited off this, whatever trust fund people, this, that, whatever they're rich. And, uh, they bought out her apartment. She couldn't buy it. Like, really? That's the fucking drama in this movie. Nah, That's what we'll she's, she's out. This. She's out and about. She's out to get them for this. And in the end, she, She's essentially plays this character that wore makeup and shit and pretended to be some uh, you know Panama woman uh, that could go work for this uh, company and release the Panama Papers, right? Um, which is a real thing that happened not not right. too long ago, um, and and uh, made them change laws and, and and rules and whatnot for how people can hide money and push things around and stuff. But ultimately, it's just a a horrible um, way to try to, I guess, try to say like rich people and greedy people and there's bad people in the world. Um, but also there's this lady that it just really didn't affect, but we should give a shit. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. This, I mean, regardless her dead of husband is leanings, what? And she's going through like what? Yeah. She, well, I mean, what, where's the fucking, I mean, I ah, just like, Holy shit. This is not, you know, and we've all seen those movies where it's like uh, people fighting against the the wrong and the bad in the world. You know, right. the Aaron yeah, Brockovich I mean, I, type Aaron nonsense and, and that kind of action, shit. Civil just action, just mercy. Yeah. Um, yeah, those and those make sense. You know, um, this just did not have that. Did not key into that in the right way. And it, it, I just constantly questioned, like, what the fuck is the point of this? And like I said, Gary Oldman and Antonio Banderas narrate this, like the like uh, like the big short type shit. Like, they're explaining things like, oh, you'll never understand. You know, oh, we are fucking lawyers and we do this shit. And you're like, yeah, I fucking get it. Like, you make fake companies and then you put people's money in them and then 
you buy shit. Uh, like, what the fuck is the big deal? <laughs> I got yeah, it. The laundering money, obviously. Yeah. I, I mean, come on. Well, it's not even that. I, the movie's called The Laundromat, and that's the idea, right? Is that money's being laundered? Um, but it's not. It, it's not. It's just. It's not. Ba- it's not bad money. The, like, you, it's not like mob money that you would think would normally be laundered, right? Money that you can't spend. It's just offshore hidden accounts so that people don't get taxed. That's all it is. Well, she wants and her fucking some other Vegas fraud condo. That happened. So, yeah. well, there's some other fraud that happened with these, with the, these guys were, these other people were running with, uh, uh, there was, there was somewhat involved in this, but not really, um, that where the insurance companies weren't real and stuff. So people didn't get paid out correctly, but, uh, I ultimately don't know what the fuck that has to do with the Panama Papers, really. Not a lot. I don't You're know. not it's recommending just, It's this. not a very good movie. It's not a strong movie. Um, and I don't recommend it. Waste of time. Yeah. I didn't even know it was available until you told me about it. I, then I checked. I was like, oh, yeah, this is actually No, and it feels Netflix. so... I, when this. people do... She gives the speech at the end, and by the end of the speech, she's wearing... She's like the Statue of Liberty. You know, she puts on a gown thing. She, it's fucking ridiculous. It's just like God. Get you know, get off your high horse. That's in- independent filmmaking at its worst. It sounds like, on a tangent. Now let's talk about the trailers today. We got five trailers to go through here. Uh, one we've already talked about, and let's start off with the most recent, which is Tenet, the Christopher Nolan film starring uh-huh. Denzel Washington's son, John David Washington. I think this trailer looks great. I mean, this is the kind I talked about movie magic What's it earlier. About? This. <laughs> I, who fucking cares? I mean, once again, I care because I, I've this already is, this been... is going to be some Ince- Inception type yeah, shit, you know. And it's, it's going to be say was that. it all a dream? Don't say that. But visually, from this trailer, I mean, all of his trailers are extremely strong. They all have that certain look. There's a classic Nolan look now that's been adopted. I don't know if it's because of Feister, his cinematographer, or but what. haven't you come to understand that? I mean, there's a scene in this trailer where they're going through the the uh, um uh, just underneath the blades of the windmills you know yeah and it's like it looks great it looks great what's the fucking point of it i can who can movie no magic? we do care we do care because you're gonna watch the movie you're gonna wind up watching the movie and you're gonna care because it's gonna get boring um it's a wonderful picture uh that the, the picture is not a movie a movie is many pictures so it has to make sense and it has to be good and I don't know. I, I still don't really. I, this has something to do with time. Um, I don't know. I don't trust Nolan anymore. I don't trust this is going to be good. When did he lose you? What was the one that lost you? Uh, everything that's not a Batman movie. <laughs> See, I, I think that uh, Inception was highly overrated in a lot of ways. And I think Dunkirk was very good. Uh, mm, but I didn't see Dunkirk, I don't, to be fair. I, I think that because... What has soured me a little bit on Nolan isn't necessarily anything he's done. It's that the impact that The Dark Knight had on everything around it for so long, uh-huh. including the James Bond franchise, sure. all these things. You know, that's really what started irritating me about that everyone was copying him, even though it's not necessarily his fault. But that style became unanimous with you know, ubiquitous, I should say, with most Hollywood films. Well, I mean, I'm not a fan of um, his storytelling. I'm just not. Aside from the Batman movies, which he doesn't. He does. He doesn't have the problems with the in the other movies, and he'll take a theme. Christopher Nolan will take a theme in a movie and will just beat the living shit out of you with it, mm-hmm. and it is infuriating. Uh, I yeah, just, I can't that was my do problem it. It's with so heavy-handed. It's Inception. Yeah. Um, 
you know, whatever the the damn magician movie he did too. Yeah, um, yeah. I, just in Prestige every movie. There. Yeah, even going back to uh, um, insomnia. You looking at or you know, well that too, Memento? but Mento, you know, um, yeah. which w- I thought was really good at the time, but seeing his work as a whole and seeing like how, what he does and how he he ultimately works and how he makes movies and stuff. It's just it's too it's way too heavy handed. It's too much, you know. And this just feels the same. It feels like another thing. I don't know. I get tired I of this stuff. I, it looks like it's going to be a challenging adult film, and hopefully that uh, it, it delivers. But it's going to be a lot to deliver. It's on called Tenet. I'm looking. I look at the poster and I just think. Eh. <laughs> Well, it looks like they want to keep something a secret here, much like with all of his work. Oh, I don't know. they don't say. Yeah, yes, right. No one knows what this very is about little. at this point, yeah. right? No one knows. I mean, at all. You can't even. You couldn't. I don't think you can read a, a plot for this. I don't think they've released no, no one. even log line. No, yeah, yeah, they haven't released anything. It looks like it has something to do with time, though, right? I mean, you would kind of agree with yes, that because they keep running things backwards. Um, and at first, in the trailer, you kind of think it's just an effect. They're just running it backwards, but then. He, uh, Washington here actually interacts with things going backwards in some weird way. I mean, at the end of the trailer, he says it hasn't happened yet. Um, yeah, because it somehow there's, reverses, you're not but he's be interacting able to figure this out. It. Not from the trailer. This is not to be figured out from the trailer. No, this is <laughs> no. Gonna, even from the movie. It might not be but <laughs> understandable. It is going to have to, it's something to do with, uh, with backwards time. And yeah. That's time clear. travel is definitely an element. There's a, there's a reversal of of time here or time. Yeah. Maybe just time travel. Now, what do you think about Top Gun Maverick? We talked about the teaser a few months back. They've finally released the full trailer here. So we get a better understanding or a better look of what they're selling. And it's still very nostalgia heavy as far as I'm concerned, which I don't have a problem with, but they are showing a few new wrinkles to the story. Um, It looks like Miles Teller is going to be a nice welcome addition. I was a little wavering on that, but this trailer (laughs) He seems like he fits right in. I like Glenn Powell as the Iceman type figure. It looks like they're setting that up to be his nemesis, and there's some beef between him and Cruz from the events of the first film. Mm-hmm. A very strong trailer once again, and uh, couldn't be more excited personally to see this movie in June. Yeah, I can't wait. I think this looks. This is the movie that I've been waiting for. Um, just looks fantastic. It's gonna be an actual person story. People, you know, doing stuff. Um, which I can't wait for. Uh, I, I guess if I had to say, you know, who is making the best movies right now, it's gotta be Tom Cruise. You know, he's had some Fucking duds, right but it is. you know, ultimately I think the Tom Cruise character, uh, is so damn good and so likable and so human and, and so flawed and so, um, wanting to be perfect, but knows that he's not. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's just a character, his persona and all of his movies, and then the movies that develop around that persona, are uh, just—they're fun. They're you know—they're humanizing. They're—they're they're everything. They're really the really good, cinematic, normal, great movies. I can't tell if I'd rather him do something that gets him an Oscar or just continue on this fucking run he's on right now because he's really on—I'd say the second leg of his career, which is like the third, you know, kind of. Uh, chance a third wind well, of his not, career and it's not any different right you look at this no. and this is this is top gun i it don't believe this is going to be updated i believe this is going to be top gun 
the same and by the way the old the original holds up i've seen it in a theater it's one of the best uh yep. recent uh, theatric uh, i'm not, not recent anymore but one of the best times i've, I've had in a theater watching the top Gun years 3d probably, yeah. re-release in imax fucking Fuck great yes. um so i yeah i can't wait for this especially because it doesn't look like they tried to update it it looks like they just tried to make the same type of movie in that same world instead of instead of uh I don't know. So, well, you look at the Terminator movies. The new Terminator movies d- d- look nothing or relate nothing to the originals. Nor are they, even though they try so hard to do that. Well, they want to. They want aspect. you to believe that, but they aren't. Yeah. This looks like it's sprung from that same creation. Yes. Let's talk about Wonder Woman 1984, which just released its trailer. Uh, this is quite possibly and we just talked about top gun maverick but this might be my favorite trailer of the year this is cut to perfection i like (laughs) the fact that they stood with one song and they ran that fucker to every Uh beat they cut it to the beat of the song as opposed to finding a song that works for the trailer this thing is it's honestly it's as it's as pure of a little piece of art as the suicide squad trailer was a couple years back that everyone was losing their shit on that's fair yeah yeah that, I mean, this really is whoever, whatever production house. Nah, cut now this, that you said that, um, that deserves, a, that, deserves is that, a, award. that is a fair statement. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I agree. I really like the first Wonder Woman movie. Um, you know, I think Patty Jenkins needs to be doing uh, more action movies. Hell yes. And uh, I think Gal Gadot need or Gal Gadot, whatever the, whatever your fucking name is. We need to see more. I need more. She is yeah, so more movies. goddamn likable. Um, Appealing. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, and I'm so glad Chris Pine's back in this because, again, I, I like Chris Pine. Me too. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited. And this looks like a lot of fun. And I am more than willing to revisit this world and to go on another uh, adventure with them. Yeah, I 100% agree with everything you just said there. And uh, if you haven't seen this trailer, you should absolutely watch it. This is uh, This should be seen probably on a big screen for full effect but it is cut to perfection and like i said at the top there they they stick with one song and they make it work and they they own that song right now for this film i mean it's going to be just based on that trailer my expectations are sky high for the sequel mm-hmm. well, things that another 1984 film that is being given another life is ghostbusters afterlife which is now feels like the umpteenth time to revive this franchise and my question is, is this that beloved of a franchise that we're trying this many fucking times? We've wasted hundreds of millions of dollars trying to get this fucker back. And for what? Well, to I to think do it this is. and then, then what? Well, I think it is. And I think it is because uh, the original holds up so well. It does. You know, and, that's, so and, and that I think is the problem. And even Ghostbusters 2 does, I know. And people didn't like it at the time and they still don't like it. Um, but it is the bastard uh, stepchild-ish thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever the hell you want to call it, you know, the the... <laughs> the black, black sheep, sheep yeah. um, but it's still good. I like Ghostbusters too. Um, and quite honestly, I I don't know. I like the remake that they made, you know, three years ago. I um, didn't hate it. Yeah, it's fine. I like that one too. So it works. What is this though? But I don't like this trailer well, at all. Even people with Paul said, Rudd in it, it's... <laughs> so people are likening this to a Stranger Things uh, stuff, and it definitely uh, is cut like that. Is it not? Is I, mean, I heard that I, I didn't see that being... before. I guess yeah, sure. Uh, everything is going to copy uh, the big stuff out right now. 
We I had mean, that with it. The last two it films. That was films, my exact I point mean, with everything being like Game of Thrones now. Like Mandalorian's Game of Thrones. All this shit's Game of Thrones. Oh my god, did you watch? Have you seen The Witcher on Netflix? No, I refuse. Holy I refuse. shit, is it fucking bad? It pisses me off. How can it be that fucking slow? Like, are you shitting me? Don't. I mean, fuck that. Uh, the trailer's fantastic. The show's shit. Um, and so I'm. I'm afraid for this. I'm afraid for Ghostbusters Afterlife because. <laughs> I don't know. You can cut great trailers from some really dog shit things, and, and everything's so slow nowadays. Everything has to be so nostalgic, um, and it's not even nostalgic anymore. It's just a copying other things that were nostalgic. Is that even is that nostalgic? Callbacks to callbacks. Yeah, does yeah, that make sense? I, I, you know, everyone's saying this looks like Stranger Things. Well, Stranger Things is, uh, you know, nostalgia, right? Well, then what is this? A, a nostalgia copy of nostalgia? the fuck is that i can almost guarantee you right now sight unseen a year out that i'm going to i'll have enjoyed this film less than the documentary on this the movies that made us about <laughs> ghostbusters if you haven't watched That's the movies fantastic. that made us on netflix yet that is the show to watch it's from the guys who did the toys that made us and they have right now i think five or six episodes ghostbusters every is one, one of them. them every one of those episodes is good totally watchable and they and even though i know I'd say 80% of what yeah. they're going to tell me in the episode. It's still good. I still watch yeah. it. I'm still entertained by it. And I still catch things I never noticed before. And that is totally what? worth it. They're not that long. They're easy to watch. <laughs> totally. Yeah. You watch that show. So definitely check the movies it out. That made us. Yeah. I, I'm going to, uh, as far as this trailer, there's nothing in it that I, that gets me going here. And I just find this to be very uninteresting. <laughs> you know, and Yeah. It's too slow, as far as I'm concerned. I, mean, I agree. With you. There's it's nothing in this trailer that makes you get going. But I've heard, you know, I've heard the opposite. I've heard people say goosebumps, this and that, whatever. Oh, stop um, it! <laughs> I will not. Goosebumps. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it misses a little bit. I think because uh, I think because this is not original. Uh, goosebumps? Are you fucking kidding me? Although to be fair. <laughs> I do get goosebumps when I see like a, a Creed trailer or a Rambo trailer. Mm. Sure. It's so stupid. There are I plenty can, of trailers. I can still that... watch scenes from Rocky on YouTube and get fucking goosebumps. <laughs> so stupid. But oh, it doesn't man. feel original enough for me to give me goosebumps, I guess. It, I've, I've, already, I've been exposed to this already. I know what this is. I've seen it. I'm good. Yeah, there's there's so, no variation on this that you're going to give me that's going to even compete with what I've seen before is my problem. Yeah, well, so I mean, that, that might not be true. There might be, but this isn't it. You know, I, I'm willing... This, this doesn't look like it's it. I'm, so, I'm starting to just get tired of uh, of all the same... You know, as the old adage goes, we want something... We want the same thing, only different, right? Right. But it, well, we're getting look, too much of the same thing now. I'm, I'm just, I'm getting your way too much of the right same now. thing. I mean, you got Jumanji, you got Star Wars, you got yeah. Too. I need something new. I need Christmas. something original. Yeah. It's not going to be yeah. original. It's not going to be new. I get it. Fool me though. <laughs> Give me something that yeah, right? hasn't come up in a cycle in a while. You know. Give me something different than what I have now. You know. I sprinkle in some something a little different because I. I'm just getting tired of it, you know. It's all, it's good. That's it's probably, fine, but I think your point there hmm. speaks to why I think I like the Top Gun trailer so much. Yeah, exactly. Well, me too. Me as well, because I see that and I think, oh well, that's that's actually that's new nostalgia. That makes any sense mm-hmm. at all. That's new nostalgia. I'm good, you know. It's nostalgia. I've seen it before. 
but it's different than the nostalgia that you've been giving me. <laughs> yeah, right. It's different than the recycled shit you've, you've been giving me for a while. It's other recycled yeah, shit that I haven't I'll had in a while. This. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Did you see the trailer for The Call of the Wild? The Harrison Ford, Jack London. Yeah. Um, did you read this book? Did you I, like this uh, book? I, I think I read it in junior high. Mm-hmm. I think it was required read. This is Jack London, sure. correct? Yes. Yeah. So the White Fang and all that kind of stuff uh-huh. is, is mixed in with this. Um, what can I say about this trailer? I think this movie's <laughs> going to be a huge fucking hit, judging on the audience reaction I heard I, in a theater. I, I saw a film in <laughs> Reno, and it was full of old people. And really? I'm telling did you, you kill a man as well? Went, they went wild for this movie. I was like, I mean, first of all, they see Harrison Ford out there, you know, living off the land at 107. And they're, they're thinking that they're going to survive that right. long. And then meanwhile, you got this fucking dog. And there are some nice moments with the dog. I think they're getting to the point where they can use CG and it really does oh, look very, this, you know. Uh, so. they, what they should have done, if you're going to do this, you got you do it right. You use a famous dog, you cast Scooby fucking do. <laughs> So you, tell, well, you laugh. Tell me that you don't. Call the Wild, starring Scooby Doo, because that's damn near uh, what this is. <laughs> it's. I mean, I see. The CGI I get what is terrible in this, at, but, but this is a family uh, movie. It's not it is terrible. It's one hundred percent animated. This is it's going... completely ridiculous. It's as bad as Pikachu, Sonic the Hedgehog, Smurfs, any of that <laughs> shit. That's what this is. That is exactly what this movie is. Uh, you know, the bunny movie. What was the one with the, with the bunny? There was Easter movie. Uh, hop, hop. Um, yeah, you know, Peter Cottontail, whatever the fuck, you know, that's what this movie is. This is not Call of the Wild. This is ridiculous kids movie uh, that adults could also watch. Uh, it looks fine. looks good. I like Call of the Wild. This looks like a good movie, but that's what it is. They don't try to hide the when fact we kids, that the dogs are CGI. They don't try to hide it. Well, they when we were it. kids, it's fine. There was a whole era of dog films like Benji, Homeward There's an Bound, era of dog Balto. movies right now. I just watched the goddamn Dog's that's Journey. Saying. There's a fucking another one. I watched another one too. Uh, it was there's, different. There's They're fucking r- terrible. Art man. of Racing in the Rain. There's all these <laughs> when we were fucking kids, dog yeah, I mean, yeah, ever since. They, they, they remade the. Uh, the um, uh, incredible journey th- movies. Remember? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Totally. I mean, that those was the Milo and Otis. There was a whole bunch of shit. There was a number right. of those type films of, of a boy. I mean, you're talking All about Turner, Hooch, Canine. There was even oh, those I films that those, got yes. into the top dog. Uh, but now we're in this like second generation of dog films, and it feels like every other month there's a fucking movie based <laughs> on a dog. And how many yeah. people love animals that much that they keep going out and seeing movies centered around dogs? It's just I know Marley and Me was a pretty strong one think, about a decade well, ago. Marley and Me is a real movie, though. I don't. I, I count that a, a, as a stretch, a, a tall stretch above the rest of these other dog movies, which are just uh, a slot. Just, just nothing. They're just put out there. They're gonna be cute. And kids are gonna like them. People feel, oh, it's a dog. Yeah, great. Well, I know the, the above and 60 crowd in my theater for Richard Jewell fucking <laughs> loved this. They clapped at the trailer. They clapped at the trailer. It makes sense because the Christ older sakes. you get, the more childlike you get, right? So, oh, God. Now, <laughs> we just lost our two <laughs> listeners over 60. It gets, <laughs> it gets you Thanks, come man. back. You, yeah, uh, you come back to it, so. I think this looks like a good family movie, to be honest with you. I, I don't have a problem with it. The, the CGI is really bad. It looks very, but they don't try to hide it. They're not trying to be like, these are real dogs. No, they're like I say, it's clearly Scooby-Doo. You know, uh, it is <laughs> at the end of the trailer. He's like talking to the dog. You slept in my bed. And then the dog fucking looks at him out of the corner of his eyes. Gives like, him that look. I give know. the dog a Scooby That's snack already. You know, he's fucking <laughs> people love that look. That moment is what people I think were clapping at in the Probably, trailer. And yeah. let's not like. 
it's funny to see Harrison Ford devolve straight into that Charlton Heston. No, like he's now officially Charlton Heston. Like he's that well, curmudgeonly old I bastard. I mean, you realize you he's like 75% in the movie, I think, you know, because there's going to be a whole first act with just the dog. It looks like. Oh, without yeah. him. Yeah. So they he's in, late he's in, in 75%, 50% of the movie. It looks like, or I, I yeah. would say 70%. He's probably started. The movie is probably him. And then you well, get the dog and you then know. you get the second act and third act him. But, <laughs> Child labor laws, old to. people labor yeah, laws. Exactly. <laughs> you, know, you gotta think he's not, you know, they're not de-aging him here, so he can't, you know. <laughs> he doesn't he look too spry in some of these action scenes anymore, so. All right, well, that's going to wrap up podcast episode 353. It was great being back and talking movies with you. Let's, uh, let's do this again before too long. So speaking for Trevor Anderson, I am Jason Rugard, and we, of course, are the Movie Mavericks. Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to moviemavericks.com, warp 9. Engage! <laughs>